Thank you, girls. We appreciate that. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. It's right after chapter 11, before chapter 13. We welcome all of you to the to our morning worship service today on April 18th, 2021. Welcome each one of you, as well as those who are listening at home or watching at home. We encourage you, if you are watching, to make some kind of notification, even a comment, like a good comment, or sign in to let us know, sign our attendance thing to let us know that you're watching. We do have a number of people that watch consistently and regularly, so we do recognize that. We appreciate that, and hopefully and prayerfully, as time goes on, more people will be able to come back to the services. It helps to listen and watch at home. I did that myself. But in plain, simple English, it ain't, it ain't the same. And so, and I know some people are struggling. I understand all that. I live in the real world. So we love you. God bless you. We look for the day when everybody can be back and feel comfortable. May God bless you. <clears throat> Luke chapter 12. Today, I feel like the Lord had me give this message on confessing Christ publicly. Confessing Christ publicly. Now, if you pay attention to what's going on in the world and in our own country, there is a more concentrated move right now to tell you not to talk about Christ. Now, that's always been a problem, but it's getting worse, and they're, and they're seeking past laws to not talk about Christ. Now, they will tell you, many of them will say, you know what? You can talk about it, but keep it in the walls of the church. Let me ask you a question, because they don't get it. It's important to talk about Christ in the church, but the vast majority, if not all of you, are saved. It's got to go outside the walls of the church. Jesus said to go. He didn't mean go to the restroom or go in the hallway. He meant go in the world. So if we go to the world, we're not going to say anything? Of course, they don't get it. So confessing Christ publicly I think it's hypocritical of them. They're not thinking it through. And another thing, this is introduction. If Christ is not, if he's just another guy in their thinking, if he's just another guy and the Bible's full of errors, then what's the big deal? Talking about some guy who's a, who's a shyster and a scammer. I see, I'm using their words. Think about it, man. Aren't they kind of, I hate to use the word, but it's so appropriate. Stupid. If he doesn't exist, he's not God. He wasn't virgin born. He didn't resurrect from the dead. He's just another good guy. Then why can't we talk about him? If the Bible is just another book, why did he take it out of school? By the way, look at the wonderful results we got in public school now. And I say that not to every single situation, but by and large... When you have the guards with guns, by the way, they have guns as guards at school, some of them. We outlaw, if you outlaw guns, only outlaws have guns. <clears throat> That's my third favorite bumper sticker. <laughs> Somebody had that, that probably on a truck. It's probably some redneck, but it was good. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with this. Look with me, please, if you have your Bible. If you don't, I will read these verses for us. Matter of fact, Let's look right down to verse 8. 
Luke chapter 12 and verse 8. Now, let me help remind you, if you have a red letter edition Bible, that means, that reminds us, Jesus is talking. Yeah, I know it's all his word, I get it, I agree, but he's actually talking. So it just reminds us again, these words are coming. He's talking these words. But we have recorded, we didn't hear him. If you hear him saying these words to you today, I need to see you after church. We don't hear his words today, he's not here in this sense like he was then. Look at verse 8, Luke chapter 12, verse 8. Jesus said, and by the way, he's talking to his disciples. If you look at verse 1, he says to his disciples, he began to say to his disciples, also, verse 8, also I say unto you, whosoever, you can put anybody's name in there, shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. So here's Jesus talking to his disciples. Now, there are parallel verses. A parallel verse of the Bible means that verse is mentioned in another place. Sometimes it's verbatim, word for word. Sometimes it's not. But I'm going to read these. Let me just give them to you, and I'll read them. So don't, don't bother looking up, because by the time you get there, I'll be gone. Because i got to mark my little Bible with the markers. In math, Matthew, or as my pastor used to say, Matthew. I said, well, Pastor, why do you say Matthew? I don't know if he had a speech impediment, but he always said Matthew. So Matthew, chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32, let me read it to you. Whosoever, there's a word again, therefore shall confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father which is in heaven. Then also in Mark 8, 38. Again, let me read it to you because I'll read it, we'll be gone. Mark 8, 38. <clears throat> Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words. That's a little different than the other two verses, but the same idea. In this adulterous and sinful generation. Isn't that interesting? He called that generation which he was saying these words, a sinful generation, adulterous. How appropriate today. Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed. And when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Then... 2 Timothy chapter 2, let me read this one, in verse 12, 2 Timothy 2, 12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If, means it may or may not happen, if we deny him, he will also deny us. And then the last one I want to read is 1 John 2, 1 John 2, and verse 23. <clears throat> Whosoever denieth, denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. <clears throat> now we're, I guess we're going back to Luke 12, I don't know. So each of these verses say pretty much the same thing with a little twist on them a little bit. So I want us to think this morning for a few minutes. Confessing Christ publicly do you consider yourself a secret believer meaning you know you say you know Christ but nobody else knows that you say you know Christ <clears throat> you're a secret believer 
Why would anyone want to be silent about Jesus? Why not tell the world, O Savior? They desperately need him today. You know our problem in our nation is the same problem we've had for a long time. It's a very little word of three letters. It's called sin. Now, they don't get it in Washington. Or should I rephrase that? Not all of them get it. Maybe a few, but if they get it, they're in the minority. Our problem is not more money. Did you ever think about how much the interest is in the national debt? If you do, you won't be able to sleep tonight. <clears throat> that's, another, that's another message. They're worried about, and our government is going to probably throw money at it. What we need is the gospel. And the very thing that will help our nation, don't talk about him. Don't say anything about him. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Which goes to show you they're not spiritual minded. Is that all of them? No, but it's the majority. I don't have to convince you of this. We also read in these verses a great promise about confessing Christ openly or publicly. Confessing Christ before men brings rewards. It says, he will confess us before the angels of God in heaven. <clears throat> so the angels are in heaven. God is there too, so God's going to make it known that you're his. And I think there's more to that verse than that. I don't want us to get off and lose the message this morning. But it says he will confess us. Confessing Christ publicly is as simple as A, B, C. I don't mean Anchor Baptist Church. I don't mean ABC, but confessing him. You know what confessing means by definition? It means to admit. The reason why they don't want to talk about Christ is they don't want to admit that there is one. Where is he? They, they might say, smart alecky. Where is he? Well, he's right in here if you're saved. But he's still alive, as Pastor Ray said in our adult class. He's still alive. He is in the heart of believers. He's working in the person of the Holy Spirit. It means to admit or confess. So when you confess Christ publicly, meaning you're admitting that he's real. Now, as, as, as kindergarten is that a word, kindergarten It's going to be today. That is so simple. But you know what? The majority of the world doesn't want to admit him. Easter and Christmas means, means I go to grandma's to get presents and Easter eggs and peeps. They're very important peeps. That's all it means. <clears throat> it doesn't mean anything about him being born of a virgin, living a sinless life, dying on the cross for our sins. and It doesn't mean that to many people. It's, just, it's another day. And if Christmas falls on the right day, it's a day, without pay. It's a day with pay and you're off work. <clears throat> Affirm that he's real. So when you confess him, you say, yeah, he is real. He is alive. He's in my heart as we sing in that song. It also means, confess means to tell. Tell people that he is real. Tell people that he's alive. <clears throat> Confessing Christ publicly. So I want you to think with me for just a few minutes this morning about this thought. <clears throat> Confessing Christ by first by acknowledging him with our lips. In Romans 10, 9, Paul said that thou shalt confess with thy brain? Of course, you have to have one to use it. <laughs> if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So, believing that, believing, it didn't say understand it, it said believe it. Understanding and believing are two different things sometimes. 
you believe that he resurrected, you're admitting it, you're telling it, that's part of being saved. So I don't believe he resurrected. Then you can't be saved. That's what that verse says. But it goes beyond just salvation. We're talking about confessing Christ, these verses that we read, and talking about the, how we confess him with our, our mouth. We still need to open our mouth and talk about him. He said, confess with your mouth. That is words out of your mouth. Now, do you know how many words we all speak every day? I, I, didn't, t- I didn't look that up because... Now, granted, some people talk more than others. And some people probably should talk less. You know what I mean? But we all use words out of our mouth every day. We talk about all kinds of stuff. We should talk about him. And so your mouth, not my mouth. Yeah, it applies to me too, but it applies to you, to your mouth. To confess Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying go to work tomorrow and get your your Bible is beer, your family Bible and stand up on the lunch table and scream and holler at people. That's not, what I'm talking, that's not what Jesus is talking about. But there will be opportunities as you pray, and you can even make a few occasionally. Subtly make little opportunities, and opportunities will arise. That's what we're talking about. I don't think Jesus would say, seeing, being, they already think we're crazy anyway. You're just adding to it. And I know people do that kind of stuff. I'm saying, what are you, crazy? Oh, I'm not ashamed of Christ. You don't have to act like an idiot. Is that the right word to say in church? You don't have to act like an idiot to be, be ashamed of talking about Christ. <clears throat> Next, talking about our newborn faith. Our newfound faith is normal, or it should be. Aren't you happy that you're saved? Say, but oh, preacher, I've been saved 50 years. I think I've been saved 50 years. I'm still happy about it. It's a wonderful thing. And some of you have been saved longer than me, and I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> we should be happy about it. <clears throat> and things that you're happy about, you talk about. Many times, the, when we do that, this brings others to Christ. One of the best ways for them to hear about Christ is from you and from me, from our interest and in opening our mouth and telling about Christ. Listen, there is Christian television, but not all those guys are good. And by the way, I don't want to be mean, but half of them are women. The qualification of the scriptures for a preacher is not a lady. Sorry, ladies. No, I know ladies do preach. My wife preaches to me, but... And so does every wife. We use the word preach, but really they're not preaching. The Bible says in Psalm 107, verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say, so what? Say that he's real. Admit that he's real. Tell that he's real, that he's the Savior. He is the only Savior. He's just not one of them. It's not multiple choice. He is the only Savior. He said he was the way, the truth, and the life. And so we have to tell people that. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Peter and John couldn't keep quiet about Christ. Now remember in Acts uh, about chapter 4, when they were brought before the city council, in our words, but it says council in the scripture in Acts 4. They were brought before the council. You know what they said? And I'm putting it in our language. You guys quit talking about Jesus. So it's not a new problem. Why do you think Jesus said this? This is when he was alive on earth. It's not a new problem. They have an aversion to him. So they said, you guys basically don't talk anymore about him. You know what they said? 
we ain't going to stop. That's Jacob's commentary. They actually said these words. This is what the scripture is in Acts 4. Going about verse 20. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And I would add to that with, the, with, all, in just, in, with all understanding of the scriptures and that we have experienced. You think those guys experienced a few things with Jesus? Yeah, I'm throwing that in. That's my extra commentary. And can't we identify with that? The things you've seen and heard and you've experienced in your own life? We, he says we can't. In other words, we can't stop talking about it. <clears throat> it's kind of like somebody who's a grandma for the first time. Don't ask them for any pictures. Because they'll... Oh, look at these pictures. Look at these pictures. Now, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> but why? You know, that, that's what happens. Oh, look at this. Here's when they were one minute old. Here's when they were two minutes old. I'm thinking, okay. <clears throat> but we understand the excitement. It's natural. It's normal. It's okay. But they're excited about it. They cannot help but speak about it. And by the way, grandpas can do that too. I must confess, I didn't do that. But I don't even have any pictures of my grandkids in my wallet, so I guess I'm a sinner. <clears throat> we cannot but speak the things we've seen and heard. You see, the fact is, we talk, we, and those of you out there who are listening and watching, we talk about things that we're interested in. We talk about things that we like. Now, that doesn't mean every, every word of our mouth is the wrong word. Now, even before church and at church, I will be happy to talk to you about the Indians. Why? Because I want them to win. I feel bad for them. I almost want to pray for them. I'm not sure that's appropriate or not. Now, after Friday night's game, those guys are a bunch of bumps. I mean, seven runs in the first inning. They were getting beat by the Cincinnati Reds. See, preacher, why are you bringing that up? Because I like it. I like baseball. You talk about what you like. You talk about what's interesting to you. Maybe, maybe part of our problem in America today is we're not thinking about him enough. No, I don't mean every word of your mouth is confessing Christ. You can talk about the Indians and talk about other things, your grandkids, whatever. That's not wrong. But maybe our problem is we're not close enough with him. So he's not in our mind like he should be. I'm not saying that you're not saved or anything. I'm saying that maybe he's not as important as we think we would think he is important. Oh, we're saved. We're glad we're saved. But is he really that important to you? As Pastor Rice said, do we know him? Not about him, but know him. That comes from personal experience. New converts are the best evangelists. You know why? Because it's brand new to them. They're all excited. I'm saved. My sins are forgiven. I'm going to heaven. They're all excited. But then they start hanging around the old gas bags at church. That didn't sound nice, but it's true. And they listen to garbage. They hear garbage. And they get discouraged, depressed. And they start thinking, this guy's been saved for many years. He doesn't, he's not acting too good. <clears throat> I'm telling you plain, that's the way it is sometimes. Sometimes the older, not older in age necessarily, but older in the salvation experience, they're fuddy-duddies. And here's this young guy that's been saved. He's all excited. And you kind of put the water on the flame this guy has. That's just the way it is. It shouldn't be that way. Just let him go. And maybe they'll burn out. Let them burn out. <clears throat> but they're the best many times evangelists because it's totally, they're telling everybody 
When they go to work, they tell the people about Christ. When they go to the gas station, when they go to the bank, because it's new and fresh to them, our experience needs to be new and fresh. Now, I don't think it ever is the same exactly <clears throat> as when you got saved. I've even thought to myself, even though it's unscriptural, are you listening? I wish I could get saved all over again because that was really cool. <laughs> you follow me? We're saved eternally. I know that. But it's really cool. Remember when you first saved? It was just, it was just great. <clears throat> well, some of that should continue. You shouldn't say, well, I'm saved, so that's it till I die. I hope that's not the case with you. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, not before, before men, meaning mankind. Who else would we confess him to to have any value except other men, meaning mankind? Because men, women, boys and girls outside doors of this church need Christ. We all would agree to that. Who's going to tell them? Who's going to publicly talk about them? <clears throat> now, I'm not talking about passing out tracts. Passing out tracts is a good thing. We'll be doing a lot of that Tuesday night at 6.30. But I don't think Jesus meant that when he said this in his verse. They didn't have tracks. They didn't have DVDs. I'm going to give this guy a DVD. Just open your mouth. You have, everybody's still got a mouth. And they still say words, just like when Jesus was here. He said, confess me before men. Uh, he didn't have the internet. It's helpful. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not slamming it. People can watch, and I watched some of our services on the internet, but he didn't have that. He didn't have any of the stuff that we have today. He said, you confess me before men. His disciples, go back to verse 1. His disciples, you confess me before men. It's not that hard of a concept. We should never be ashamed to speak of Jesus. Remember when Paul said in Romans 1? Let me read that verse to us. In verse 16. Paul said, for I am not ashamed. That's one of the words we read in those other four verses, huh? <clears throat> I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, let me throw this commentary, since we got Jacob's commentary open today. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think that Paul means by that, I don't, I don't think he means by that, he never, ever was ashamed to talk about Christ. You know why? Because there have been times that I've been shaped talking about him. I don't like to admit that. And I'm looking at people who have also been ashamed to talk about him a time or two yourself. So don't look at me. We're all in that boat. And I think Paul was like that. Now, Paul was much better than me or you. And we know he was a flaming evangelist. But I, I would guess him being a normal human being that occasionally he, was, he didn't talk to Christ openly when he should have. He feels bad about it. That's a good sign you're saved, by the way. Like you and I, oh, I wish I would open my mouth. I wish I would have said something. Have you ever done that? I have. I'll say to myself, Mark, you talk to yourself. You get intelligent answers, no back talk. I'll say, no, Mark, why didn't you open your mouth? Of course, you've got to be in the car by yourself, or people will think you're a lunatic. I'll say, Lord, I don't know, but I'm sorry I should open my mouth. Confessing Christ publicly. And so even one of the verses talked about being ashamed of him, and then Peter denied him. Now, we always think of Peter, many things we think about Peter. But Peter was, he was a, we're talking about a flaming evangelist, and the boy was always opening his mouth, wasn't he? He was always opening his mouth. 
we would, he would say, he, I think he had his shirts, an open mouth and served foot. <laughs> he was, but he was confessing Christ, wasn't he? But there was a time when he denied him. Did Peter lose his salvation? No. But go back and read the account. The Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. He didn't just weep. He probably would say, Peter, why did you do that? You stupid. You should have said, you shouldn't have denied the Christ. You know Christ. You saw him. <clears throat> you lived with him. You saw him perform miracles. How could you do that, Peter? Um, I don't know that he did that. I'm just saying. <clears throat> and so guess what? God forgave me and he went on and he kept confessing Christ. Do you and I confess Christ? Again, I'm not talking about passing out tracts. That's good. That's seed planting. That's helpful. That's, and people have been saved from tracts. But by and large, we have to get, if that was true, why did Jesus confess me before men? He didn't say give him a tract and say, read this, Joe. And I'm for passing out tracts and saying, read it, Joe, because you go back and say, Joe, did you read that? Did that make sense to you? See how simple that is? And then Joe will say, well, I don't know. Then you can talk to him further. Secondly, we should never be ashamed to speak of Jesus. We've talked about that. Or thirdly, or secondly, boy, time goes so fast when I'm having fun. <clears throat> Confessing Christ by baptism. So what does that mean? When Jesus told the first church, those 12 disciples, he said in Matthew 28, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. In other words, confess me, confess Christ to men. And then he said to baptize them and teach them all things whatsoever I've committed you. <clears throat> then he said, Lord, I'm with you. We know that as the Great Commission in Matthew 28. The importance of baptism. It is baptism does not save you, but you identify with Christ. And that's part of that great commission. It's not just to tell people of Christ, get them saved, baptize them, teach them God's word. It's a cycle that repeats itself and keeps repeating itself. And how is the church perpetuating today? In other words, how does a good church continue on? Because somebody's confessing Christ. What if these people Jesus was talking to and said this in our text in Luke 12, what if nobody else talked about Christ to men again? What would happen? I would... I think I could safely say we wouldn't be here sitting here today. And so if we don't confess Christ publicly today in 2021, think about it. <clears throat> so baptism is part of identification with Christ. Do you know in some countries and some cultures, when you get baptized, your family hates you? We even have some in America, and I won't mention names in particular. Some people sitting in this church, they were baptized, their family disowned them. Now, my family was happy. I got baptized on Easter Sunday of 1968. I remember it well. <clears throat> my family didn't disown me. My mom and dad was happy. Are you with me? So baptism is a public confession of Christ without saying any words. And usually it's done publicly in the sense of in a crowd. Don't just say, well, come on Tuesday night, we'll baptize you so nobody will see you. <clears throat> Some churches even go down to the river. Now, I thought about trying that instead of going to the corner store, but I kind of think we're kind of spoilt as Americans. Well, we can have hot water. Now, occasionally, they'll forget to turn the water on. <clears throat> and, buddy, it is cold. But I got boots on. I don't care. <clears throat> I care a little bit, but they go, I, if it's really bad, I'll say, 
If you're going to wait till next time, we'll do it. If it's too cold, oh, no, pastor, I want to do it. What they're saying is I want to confess Christ publicly. Even though you don't say any words, you follow me? You're identifying with him. You're identifying with what he did. He got baptized. Go back to Matthew 3. He was, John the Baptist came along, and Jesus had him baptize him. Go back and read it in Matthew 3. He wasn't sprinkled. He didn't say, oh, here, we have some, some holy water here. They went, both of them went down into the River Jordan, which is a type or picture of death in the Bible. They both went down in, and he baptized him. It's a burial, so it's showing you're dead to yourself. You're confessing Christ. You're confessing that I'm going to follow him now. Whether everybody gets it all or not, that's why I encourage our people to go to baptism. And most of them do, for the most part. Because you're encouraging that person, and secondly, you're helping them to confess Christ. You're saying, yeah, that's great. And I always try to go to them after and say, you did a good job today. You did good, you know. I mean, it's not every day you go backwards like this. And some guy's holding you. You think about it. That only happens, I think, once in my life when I was baptized. That's it. I don't think it's happened again. So it's a special thing. We read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them 3,000 souls. Now people need to know what baptism means, why we do it, but you don't have to pray about it for five years. Come on. <clears throat> Do you pray about five years before you join Sam's Club? You say, preacher, that's ridiculous. No, it's not. You'd be surprised at the stories I've heard. Now, again, explanation, understanding, of course. <clears throat> oh, I'm going to pray about baptism. Don't say that to me because I'll tell you, no, you don't. It's right there in the scriptures. There's no praying about it. Just do it. Those that gladly received his word, they're baptized the same day. I would vote for that, by the way. <clears throat> so we don't have a baptistry. Yeah, I know. Our baptistry, the money we were going to use for different things, we had to change because the powers that be changed our plans for this building. <clears throat> but we have one we could use, and Pastor Fryman's glad to use it if we know ahead of time. And it usually works out real well. Sometimes they have baptism on the same Sunday. <clears throat> Paul, the Apostle Paul, was baptized himself. By immersion, after salvation. It's a picture, it's a picture of the gospel. Paul defined the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15. <clears throat> Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to scriptures. That's the gospel. Death, burial, resurrection. That's what we're supposed to be confessing to men. That's what was confessed to you when you received him as your Savior. That's the gospel. When people get baptized, it's, vis it's visible or visual. You can see it with your two baby blue eyes or green or brown, whatever you have. So it's visible. I was at a church once a few years ago, a large church. If I said the name, you would know it. It's in another state. And I was there visiting on Sunday. And this church had baptism at 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Now, this church auditorium that I was there 
probably held over 3,000 people. And since I had nothing to do, I was by myself. I left the wife at home. I went to the baptism. Now, a picture of 3,000, ours is about 300, so multiply that by 10. I bet there was a handful of people at the baptism. I'm thinking to myself, if they're confessing Christ, shouldn't there be more people seeing this? Of course, it wasn't my place. I said nothing to the preacher. It's not my business. But what I'm saying is, those people were there to identify with Christ, confess Christ, and nobody was there to watch them. You see, sometimes, too, some people will see that and see your seriousness, especially in foreign countries, where the families are persecuting Christians who get baptized because to them, in their mind, you're, it's beyond asking to be my Savior. I'm going to confess them publicly, and I'm going to follow them. That's what you're saying. And so when you do that, that's a line of demarcation. Okay, you're off our list now because you've actually done it. You got baptized. Isn't that a horrible thing to get baptized? You get all wet, and you have to change your clothes. Isn't that horrible? And yet, you'd be surprised at people that think, have an aversion to that. And who don't, who don't want to talk. But the point is, sometimes when we, people come to watch you get baptized, like they come to the wedding, even though you don't agree with what's going on, you go to the wedding anyway, keep your mouth shut, and just go. <clears throat> or funerals, whatever. Sometimes people come, relatives come to a baptism. And I encourage our people to do that. And they do. And they think in their minds, a religious sacrament. Let them think what they want to think. They come, they're going to see what's going on. And so that's why I always say to either Brother Rice or one of the fellows, hey, before I actually come in the water, I go, is there family here? If they, if they told me, hey, my mom and dad's coming to baptism today. So what if they didn't come to church, but they're coming to the baptism? Good, in my mind. I said, it's his mom, their mom and dad's here. I'm not going to start until their parents and their family gets here if they're planning on coming because they want to see this man or this woman confess Christ. Are you with me? Sometimes that helps a family submit in their own mind, whether they agree with it or not. You're confessing Christ publicly. That's why people don't want to do it. Now, I know some people are afraid of water. I do take a shower more than once a week. I'm not that afraid of it. But when I was a kid, I almost drowned. It is a very traumatic experience. Obviously, I didn't drown because I'm here. So even when I got baptized, I was scared scared to death because it's water. And I'm not controlling myself. This guy's controlling me. And my pastor loved me, but you know what? It was scary. I remember the place was packed. It was Easter. And I remember getting an extra gulp of air because I was afraid, what if I don't come up? I remember laying at the bottom of that swimming pool almost drowning. It was horrible. So, of course, they have a microphone by the baptistry director. So I took this big, everybody's going, looking around. It was me breathing. I wanted to make sure I had enough air so the old guy wouldn't drown me. So being afraid of water is not an excuse. I have personal experience with that. But it's identification with Christ publicly. You identify with his death, his burial, when you go under his resurrection. Have you been baptized? Now, if you've been saved, the first step is to follow him in baptism. Now, we're always getting up a list of people to be baptized. We try to get three to five because we have to set up a time with Pastor Fryman and Cornerstone when it's convenient for them, out of courtesy to them, and we've been using them for 21 years now. So we appreciate that. So maybe you need to follow the Lord in baptism and publicly confess Christ in that way. Now, what we don't do at baptism, we don't ask you to say anything except yes. You've been saved? Yes. 
Some churches make you tell your life story from the baptism. I don't know that's a bad thing, but we don't require it. Because some people go, oh, preacher, do I have to say anything? I said, yes. Can you say the word yes? That's all you have to do. And I'll hold your nose, you hold your breath, and boom, it's over. Thirdly, confessing Christ by consistency in Christian living. You know what one of the biggest problems we have today? People talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. Oh, yeah, I'm saved. Oh, yeah. Do you act like it on Monday? No, that does not mean you carry a, a, a big, huge Bible to work on Monday. It doesn't mean you preach on the table at lunchtime, but it means you act like you have Christ in your heart at work. Tomorrow when you go to work, you're going to act like Christ. Most people don't work in a Christian environment. Brother Rice and I are lucky. He's saved, I'm saved, the girls and the officers are saved. It works out good. But not everybody has that privilege. And most of you have not in your working days before you retired or even now. You're around all kinds of people. I think I'm just going to leave it at that. And so are you consistent in your life or do you just act like a Christian at Sunday when you come in the door? I really think some people have a button. When they walk in the door, they push the button. When they walk out, they push the off button. Then they don't act like Christ. You're not confessing. You're not good. I can't make it any plainer than that. So if we're going to confess Christ, we need to be consistent. You know what consistent means? Agreement, uniformity of action. I know Christ. I'm acting like him. No, you're not going to be him, but acting like him. All Christians are either Bibles or libels. You're drawing men or pointing men and women to him or you're taking them away from him. I don't want to be one of those. I want to be pointing him to him. And so, so do most of you. Someone said this is kind of funny but true. When a man becomes a Christian, even his dog and cat should know it. I don't know if that's biblical, but it, it's kind of cute. <clears throat> what are some of those characteristics of Christ if we're going to be consistent? How about love for people? No, you're not going to agree with everybody. Don't try to make them agree with you on everything. You're wasting your time. <clears throat> A man persuaded against his will is of the same opinion still. You know why they say, yeah, so you'll shut up? It's plain simple. <clears throat> So our love for people, you're not going to agree with people. Matter of fact, most of you are not. Love them anyway. Well, what would Jesus do? Did he agree with everybody? Loved him anyway. Boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? We're supposed to be like Christ. Our compassion for those in pain or need. Remember this verse? The Bible says when Jesus, it says when he saw the multitudes. He Jesus was moved with compassion on them because they fainted as a shepherd without the sheep. Fainted, excuse me, fainted as sheep without a shepherd. It's getting to be a lunchtime. I'm getting messed up. By the way, I did eat two Lieberman's cream-filled maple icing donuts yesterday. Boy, were they... My, no, I didn't ask my wife to get them. She got them. What's it got to do with this? Nothing. Those... Now, Lieberman's are the best... I don't, my own mother says they're good. So my dad was a baker by education and trade. His donuts do not compare with Lieberman's. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> also, by our willingness to forgive people. I'm amazed at Christian people, so I'm not going to forgive that guy. 
Now, Jesus never one time said, you know what, it's an easy thing, just go ahead. Do you think it was easy for Jesus to say on the cross, forgive these people? I don't think so. But he did it. Also by our humility. And so these are things that we should be consistent about Christ. <clears throat> if we're going to be consistent in our Christian life, we will show forth Christ. You will be confessing him publicly. May I say, outside the walls of the church. Now, that doesn't mean to act like a heathen while you're here. Not appreciate it. You don't. But outside the walls of the church. Let me ask this question. I closed, even though I've got more information, but... This is April 18th, 2021. Would you think with me for just a minute, and I say this as your pastor, receive it with the spirit which is given. If you take the month of March and the 17 days of April are completed, would you think with me to yourself for just a minute? Have you openly tried in some way to talk to someone about Christ in the last 40 days I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not asking. I'm just saying, think about it. Talk about confessing Christ publicly. Now, maybe you didn't succeed. None of us always succeed. That's the goal. That's what we hope for. But you're never going to succeed if you don't open your mouth. Talk about the Indians. Not too much. When you're doing good, it's easier to talk about them. Talk about the Browns, but not in April. Talk about your grandkids. Talk about your family. Talk about your car. Talk about your house. Talk about your lawnmower or whatever. But talk about Christ. If you confess me before men. By the way, let me, this is, I promise this is the last sentence. If we don't, who will? Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed, nice closed for just a moment. Thank you for your attention. Father, speak to all of our hearts this morning, every single one of us. May we take these words that you gave many years ago. May they speak to us and challenge us today. And Lord, I would think that we all would want to do better and be better and confess you more. Help us to do better. Help us to make commitment even at this time, at this moment, when you're speaking to our hearts and it's fresh. Maybe at the altar, maybe someone needs to do that. Or maybe in their seat. They need to make that commitment to do better. God, help us and help us to realize we, the eternity of souls depend on us. Speak to that one who may be listening or watching or even in your auditorium just now. Who does not know Christ? Speak to their heart that they might be saved. We pray in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, the piano starts playing. God's spoken to your heart. Maybe you need to take just a minute to come to the altar and just say, now, Lord, I want to do better. And go back to your seat. That's up to you. Maybe right there in your seat. Maybe you need to receive him as Savior. Maybe you need to unite with this church the way this church receives members. We are hoping for a baptism in May, so maybe you need to follow him in baptism. This would be a good day to say, I'm, gonna, I'm planning on doing that. Either let us know at the invitation now or after church even. Oh, wait just a minute. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. That's part of what confessing Christ is. Play another verse, Jennifer. And then we're going to conclude while well, God spoke into your heart and challenged us and challenged us this morning.
lower right. We'll bring gravitation close. They 